Boys and ghouls, welcome to episode 123 of Dads from the Crypt. My name is Jason. I'm joined by Mondo. Hello, Jason. Hey, Mondo. Hey. And tonight, we have two great returning guests. We have Joe and Chase from the Horror Queers. Welcome back. Hello. <laughs> Happy to be back. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming on in the middle of uh, holiday season. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I was trying to say one thing and like another thing was coming out. So clearly I'm a good podcaster. <laughs> um, but why don't you tell our listeners about horror queers and uh, what you got in store for the next uh, coming months. Anything All big right. plans for the new year? Yeah. So horror queers is a weekly podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcast, but it's Trace and I doing a queer analysis of either a queer film or a film with campy undertones and other things like that. And yeah, we're just kind of wrapping up the year right now. And in January, oh boy, we've got a hot mess of weird films. Like I just I don't want to reveal it because some of them are so wacky, but um <laughs> When does this episode drop? Uh, probably Sunday. So you don't. If you don't want to say, you don't. You can tell me uh, off camera if you want. No, but. we can say we're kicking off the year because um, sure. it'll be two days for it. We're kicking off the year with Hellbound Hellraiser two. Oh, <laughs> yes. I hot take. I think the the sequel is better than the original. Dude, that's it, what I think. Uh, <laughs> that is not a hot take. Like that's like most Hellraiser fans will say the sequel is better than the original. I mean, the first one. It's, it's not a knock on the original. That's not it's a knock just at saying, all. You did such a good job expanding the universe that it became more iconic. I think it's just right. ball. It's just so balls to the wall. Like, yeah, Dude, I like yes. three and, and, four, and so. Julia. And I still also say Julia is one of the most underrated horror uh, villains. Yes, a hundred percent. I was I at a convention. A, I just I saw a convention. picture for a convention, and I just looked yeah. at her and said, "Man, I want them to do a new Hellraiser movie and somehow get her in there because mm-hmm. she looks so she looks so great." Yeah. yeah, she won't uh, do that. <laughs> well, that yeah, I was at the convention and they actually had like a Julia action figure, but I was like, it was more money than I could spend. But I was like, oh. Oh, I just want it so bad. And she's so good in that sequel, too. She's good in the first one, but like she's kind of becoming yeah. the villain. She gets and so the much more than she do. like. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and I really, I really wish they kept her because, but then everybody wanted Pinhead to be front and center. Well, she she There's did drama. refuse to come back for another yeah. film, even though they were planning on using her in that third movie. I did not know that. That that's yeah. a that's a bummer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, yeah, refused, uh, declined to come back. Oh. Didn't refuse. <laughs> um, but now I'm I'm a little behind on your show, but I loved your um uh toxic masculinity month. It was really enjoyable. Enjoyable. That's well, no, interesting. <laughs> informative, interesting. interesting. Yeah, <laughs> but um, Thank you know, you, funny yeah. games is always a fun movie to talk about with people. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I feel like we had really good. There were some fun conversations to be had in there. I feel like even talking mm-hmm. about hard candy, we had a fun time. Show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I mean, Wilson just is. because it's a difficult subject matter doesn't mean that it isn't a fun time. I think it just, yeah, it also lends itself to a lot of serious discussion. Mm-hmm. And the app people episode was really good too. Thank you. Yeah, we we yeah. like that one. That that was a a lot of learning for us because there was so much yeah. backstory to that that we had no idea uh, yeah. was a thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I read the I read the short story just a few years ago, and then I watched the movie right afterwards, and I was mm-hmm. like, wow, people people missed out on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. Well, just a quick announcement, really. People, so we only have one more episode of Tales from the Crypt left to review uh, for the show before the, we're done with the whole series. Wow. Um, so people keep asking us what we're going to do next. And we finally sat down and talked about it. And we're going to do, we're going to do a couple series kind of switching back and forth a little bit. But in January, and February, we're going to do season one and season two of Black Mirror. Nice. Oh. Those are only three episodes each, so we're gonna do a movie somewhere in that month, depending. 
Um, nice. So we'll do three episodes in the movie, three episodes in the movie, and then in March and April, we're going to do season one of Creep Show and kind of do the same format because that's six episodes. So we'll do three episodes in the movie. I'm sure there's a fourth, a uh, fifth month, uh, Sunday somewhere in there, but. Um, <laughs> then you yeah. can start doing anthology like, like American Horror Story where you're just doing like a whole season at a time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's where I think we're going to be kind of going through that, uh, probably throughout most of the next, probably in 2024, we're going to be switching between black mirror episodes and uh, creep show episodes for, for the uh, record. Jason never talked to me or Jody about this. This is the first I'm hearing about it. So <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. J- Jason's like the most organized person in the world. He, uh, when he, when he plans our, our business meetings, it's well, well in advanced Google calendar invites. Like <laughs> Yeah, that's the way to go production that's joe i don't know what i would do without joe's organizational skills yeah i'm mean, saying same yeah. boat you are then because that's a guy there all right but tonight we're talking chillerama from 2011 it's kind of, it has kind of an extended release it premiered at a couple different film festivals and uh came out on video and dvd i think in november of 2011 um so again this is a horror anthology uh, the kind of wraparound is that it is the last night uh, taking of a uh, drive-in movie theater before it gets converted, I think, into a mall or some sort of shopping, corporate shopping center. Um, so all these uh, various people are uh, gathering to watch a bunch of uh, movies. Um, the And let's just say right off the bat that this movie is camp to the max. Oh, and yeah. And bad <laughs> taste to the max. And like... Yeah. All those things. It, it literally starts out with a guy digging into his ex-wife or his deceased wife, late wife. I wasn't entirely sure. Digging to her grave for some quote deadhead, as he says it, mm-hmm. where the corpse reanimates and bites his dick off. Yep. Causing Unless you him... immediately know what you're in for. Yeah, exactly. Truly. <laughs> yes. um, causing him to be infected with whatever she had. Um, and then he goes to work at the drive-in movie where he's infecting the popcorn that people are eating. And, and that's, so we have a couple different characters. We have the owner, uh, played by, um, I'm on the wrong spreadsheets. It's like Richard real uh, or Richard something. Real, yeah. Richard yeah. Real. Yeah. Uh, Cecil Kaufman. From um, office space fame and his jump to conclusions, man. Yeah. He's in a lot office of different things. Oh, he is. Right. Yeah. He, I, I, it's, he has the, the work of a character actor, but I don't know mm-hmm. if yeah. we call him a character actor. Um, yeah so he's the owner and he's like considering killing himself um (laughs) that's kind of a thing that happens and then there's these other people who are like trying to watch the movie there's a lot of different like side characters that never that are just kind of there and then where the anthology every segment of the anthology is a movie that they're watching between each one we get like a slight update leading up to the climax at the end um but we'll hop into the first segment is called wadzilla it is a spoof of 1950s uh, monster movies and is about a guy who has a low sperm count, a single sperm count look like, <laughs> and he's given an experimental medication to um, jumpstart things, but turns out it makes his one sperm go ginormous, which uh, after leaving his body uh, attacks New York City. <laughs> As you do. As it does. And with a, with a great practical life-size i don't know life-size human-size sperm by the kyoto brothers Wait, it's like there's different stages like godzilla size sperm yeah <laughs> well, eventually yeah but it starts off like almost like a like a like a chest burster yeah, yeah. Way. dick burster whatever you want to call it <laughs> uh mondo why don't you start us off what do you think of this segment um i i think this was some goofy fun because i love the blob i love mm-hmm. that i love right. the original i love the remake so I kind of like at the very end when they give that nod to the, uh, the colonial theater and where the, Mm -hmm. uh, where, where the blob was, um, was shot at. So uh, I actually found this one to be a lot of fun, although like there's some head scratching moments in this. Like, I don't know if I was on a first date with someone and I blew their bathroom up. I wouldn't, I would just climb out the window and never talk to them again. Like like, what happened in their bathroom there? Um, and uh, he could have gotten a vasectomy at any time. I'm also going to say that. And then, uh, that have taken care of things. But but he uh, wanted a higher sperm count. That yeah, that's, to me is yeah. not going to fix that. <laughs> you know, if there's if there's one thing uh, us men are good at doing, it's putting other people before us. So <laughs> right. As a, I mean, as a, as a, as a uh, in general, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, but for the most part, though, I thought this was actually just a fun kind of goofy segment. I, I I didn't really know what I was in for until then. I saw the the dick eating bit off at the beginning. I'm like, oh, we're gonna have some 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 wacky yeah. fun here. Uh, and and just to talk about the wraparound too, I love the setting of the drive-in. It's mm-hmm. just such a cool look and such gives a movie such a cool feel. Um, yeah, I was entertained i would say by the first i wouldn't call it great filmmaking but you give me some practical effects and some rubber monsters and i'm kind of happy mondo was this your first time seeing this you know what i want to say i'd seen it before but i definitely wasn't paying attention because i would not have forgotten these the the segments in this (laughs) right (laughs) joe or trace joe do you want to go first sure uh, yeah, so Trace and I had seen one of the entries of this, but we hadn't watched the entire film when we talked about uh-huh. I was a teenage werebear. So I had a sense of the tone from that short, although I would also argue that that one is almost the most different. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to mm-hmm. agree. I think you really know what you're getting in for from both the wraparound, but then especially this one, which is just filled with kind of corny dick and boob jokes and as someone who sometimes struggles with american humor i was surprised at how much i really got on board with this particularly when it's getting delivered by people like uh lynn shay or mm-hmm. you know of course we've got ray wise as the doctor yeah. and they've got terribly on the nose names so that kind of stuff like ended up really tickling my funny bone and then the fact that we explode this thing and everybody just gets covered in jizz was quite amusing yeah i I agree this is actually my favorite out of the four segments um i I will just preface this with i think as a whole this two-hour runtime was a struggle for me um i would have liked a lot of these more if it was like part of a television series where each one was a different episode as Mm. opposed to put into a two-hour movie because a two-hour movie of this by the end i was like let's go or or just shave off like 10 minutes from each one of these because so many of them it's like the joke is one joke stretched out to 30 minutes (laughs) and sometimes it really works and other times you're like okay no i i need it to end and that being said, with all of these, I mean, it's it's a low budget effort. I saw some like, uh, funnily enough, when I logged this on Letterbox, Joe Lynch had like because he logs all of his own movies and he like talks about them, and he was like, you know, I'm really happy we got to do this in like such a, like, a rush time span with no money, with like nothing to do. So like when you knowing like they they, they were it, this is like a bunch of high school kids basically, not really, but like making a movie on their own. Um, so that being said, though, I think that this one is the most successful at both um, like. It's homages with with the 50s sci-fi stuff. Like, that's what we're doing with this particular entry. I think it's the most successful at doing that. But I also think I did laugh the most in this one. I thought the hit-to-miss ratio of the jokes was the best here. Yeah. Uh, I do think, yeah, I, I kind of see what you're saying. I think maybe, like, more extended trailers, kind of like they did in Grindhouse for those little mini well, segments. Uh, this and does feel like someone around. saw Grindhouse and said, let's do that. Yeah, it made the wraparound a little more meaty because I feel like there's almost we'll get to the overall film eventually in the mm-hmm. bit, but I think the overall wraparound they try when they try to make it a thing at the end, it's just not enough meat on Doesn't that bone. Work, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just like to I really actually like the physical humor in this. Adam mm-hmm. Rifkin is a director, um, and he, he's the star. Um, and like he does some great physical comedy work, which I found really entertaining. The names are hilarious. General Bukaki. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Eric> Roberts. <laughs> yep. I think I laughed out loud. I literally laughed out loud at that. Um Adam Rifkin too, he's like the most seasoned of all these directors. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I admittedly I'm not super familiar with his filmography, but like he um he directed Psycho Cop 2, he wrote Mouse Hunt and Small Soldiers. So like mm-hmm. he had been in the industry for a while. Um Joe, did you look in and see if he was gay? Because I part of me thinks he is, but I couldn't find anything that confirmed it. I didn't look, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the whole movie has a very high comfort level with sexuality overall. I mean, we're going to talk about some of the more tricky slash maybe even problematic parts as we go along. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I think you're right. He's definitely got the firmest hand in terms of like approaching the material, but also keeping the train on the tracks, I would argue. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Way to put it. Um, oh, he also directed Detroit Rock City, which uh, okay. is really underrated. Okay. I like that movie a lot. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to the next segment. I was a teenage werebear, which is a spoof of beach musicals set in 1962. It's about a, I'm just reading the, the uh, Wikipedia. 
description. It's about a closeted kid who meets those, quote, other closeted kids who, when aroused, turn into leather daddy wear bears. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I like the concept of this one. I, I think technically this is the roughest one. Um, I mm. think this has a lot of issues technically, um, like both in lighting, editing, effects. But at the same time, um, I enjoyed it. I mean, like watching gay, infamous gay porn star Brent Corrigan like sing and sing and dance um, was a delight. <laughs> yeah, but I wonder, I wonder how much whether people... like. Sorry, go ahead. I wonder if like the rough parts are I won't say intentional, but are just part of the charm they think they Mm. they think. Like Well, I mean, like go look at something like Psycho Beach Party, which is what doing the exact same thing this this short is trying to do, and I think that movie does it a lot better. But this movie also has that grindhouse aesthetic, which Psycho Beach Mm -hmm. Party does not have. So maybe you could make an argument to where it's like that's that's the reason for the roughness of it. And I don't know one way or the other. I'm just I mean, we should also note that this is the one that's set primarily at the beach in the day. So you're contending with like arguably the the hardest to work with FX wise. I mean, I wish the makeup was a little bit better when Mm -hmm. we transition from younger to older actors. Yeah, I think this (laughs) one's a little rougher around the edges. But I think it's also got the heaviest lifting job because if you don't like musicals, this one is immediately going to rub you the wrong way. But at least, like, I'm, I'm not a big musical person, but it does the music short. It doesn't take too long right. with it, so I don't yeah. get bored. So, the, yeah, it's not like a musical where they go off on, like, eight-minute kind of thing, like <laughs> showstoppers or something like I that. Mean, like, it keeps moving. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a 26-minute short, so we don't have time for that shit. <laughs> yeah, I know, but there's, there's still four original songs in this right. production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, and I do. I, I did thought that was pretty funny how when they transition, it's just completely different actors. They don't even like not even yeah. trying to match at all. Oh yeah, and, that yeah. that all worked. I agree with Joe. Where it's, I think like I mean, the makeup, the face makeup, it's fine, but it's like that's the only thing. Like, like there's mm-hmm. no makeup on the rest of their body. Um, which again, I mean, again, time it might be part budget, of the Maybe that's the intent, part of the joke, whatever. But yeah, it's just kind of like a, oh. Okay, that's what we're doing here. Um, but I will say, I mean, this is kind of this director, Tim Sullivan. I, I've only seen one of his other films, which is 2001 Maniacs. Um, mm-hmm. And he is a queer director. Um, and so but that, that kind of like rough production aspect like, is kind of par for the course for him. Like this is yeah. okay. now that I've seen 2001 Maniacs, I kind of get this a bit more. Right. Right. Yeah. And he also plays the coach. And, and I'm he also does. wondering whether we're used to, now that it's been like 10 years in technology, we're used to better produce a better looking cheaper films. Like, because you can shoot a movie with your phone now. Right. Yeah. And that wasn't exactly something you could do back then. So I'm wondering with low budget technology then is different level than low budget technology we're used to in 20, almost 2024. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I can see that. Although there's that sometimes that really old technology, probably before this. You know, mm-hmm. um, led way to a lot of really cool underground uh, movies, but uh, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Like, I think now, I think the problem is nowadays the technology is so good, and you make you have these bad movies that they, they try to get too ambitious with, and they look great, and it kind of loses that charm with our uh, 4K everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but so I, how- I appreciate the overt queerness in this. I mean, like, gonna, I, yeah. I, I, you know, it's only quote unquote 12 years ago, but it's still kind of like, you know, we weren't seeing a like queerness on this level in mm-hmm. horror films at the time. Yeah. I was reading at least on Wikipedia that they had a lot of trouble finding actors that would play gay characters. And then they had trouble finding gay uh, actors who wanted to be, you know, in a quote, hor- schlocky horror movie. Yeah. He's Which yeah. I mean, and like, look, Brent Corrigan isn't the best actor, but I think he does. Okay. Here. Um, his singing is fine. It's passable. Yeah. Yeah. It's passable. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> how do you guys feel that they handled like the themes that they were trying to touch on like so the first time we saw this i definitely took issue with the amounts of male rape like as mm-hmm. trey said it's nice to see some overt queerness but i'll confess that i don't really enjoy rape as a storytelling device in any format and right. this one is very much like oh okay well when we get our revenge we're going to rape the bad guys and mm-hmm. That doesn't sit super, super well with me. Um, it was interesting watching then the rest of the film where we actually get a lot more 
rape and often male rape. So I was like, oh, I guess it's maybe just a theme of Chillerama that, as I said earlier, we are a bit comfortable with sexuality. Like we're not afraid of doing a lot of these kinds of jokes. So if you approach it as the whole thing is kind of in poor taste, it does go down easier. Yeah, that's how I kind of took it. Um, I was less bothered by it on this watch, maybe because age, time, difference, but sure. also, yeah, in context with the other three shorts. Um, mm-hmm. It's, I mean, yeah, this is an exercise in poor taste, and it wasn't, mm-hmm. I don't know, it wasn't as um, upsetting to me as I found it. When did we watch this? Like, two years ago? Yeah. God, yeah, I like, if this was presented as a drama, and then it just randomly had a bunch of mail yeah. in it, you'd be like, oh, God, what are we doing? But because the whole thing is so over-the-top ridiculous and can't be like, I saw a couple of other people took issue with Brent Corrigan's girlfriend, who gets her head crushed in the car accident, and then, mm-hmm. you know, she's basically a bit of an invalid for the rest of the film. You know, you could just as easily take offense to that and say, oh, well, that torpedoes the whole short. I can't watch it anymore. Well, I think the problem with that is that's just a one joke thing that stops being right. funny the second time right. it happens. Uh, <laughs> but I will say, I mean, like, like not to say that male rape is progressive, but like it's refreshing that we're getting a lot of male rape in this movie and not female sure. rape. I mean, we're still getting some female rape, but like not as much. <laughs> I can't imagine watching any one of these segments completely on its own with no contacts without like being like warmed up for it. Yeah. It was that, that just seems really shock like a shocking idea. You know, but going to going to like Chattanooga Film Festival, they have shorts blocks. They could definitely mm-hmm. fit them, they could definitely fit mm-hmm. them in there, but they do also theme their shorts blocks so you would get mm-hmm. these five really, really wacky films. Right. Right. Yeah. But so Joe, did you walk away less offended by this? Or were you as offended as you were supposed to be based on what the movie's trying to do? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it, I think I was offended kind of like Jason was saying, because we had just watched the one short and it was out of context. And I was just like, this feels like it doesn't really fit in here, despite the campy tone. And then by the time you get to the end of it, you're like, oh, my God, I've just seen so much ridiculous antics. Most of it's sexual in the course of the four shorts It's like, I can't be mad at this movie because it is so over the top. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to, to be fair, in 2001 Maniacs, Tim Sullivan does rape the gay guy with a fire poker. He literally gets spit roasted over and over. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. That's that's the one with Robert England. Am I yeah. That yeah. Up? And Lynn Shay's okay. in that one, too, actually. And, <laughs> Lynch and, and everything. Surprisingly good. Like, I was actually I didn't hate it. I was like, yeah, no, I mean, it's again, it, it's schlocky, low budget dreck, but like, that's what it's trying to be. So I, I did have fun watching it, actually. It's 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 shitty, but on purpose. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's kind of how I feel with this whole thing. It's like, it's yeah. all trying to be bad humor. It's not trying to be anything more than it is. So it's like, I, you can't. I, I agree. I just think it's a matter. OK, well, is this funny and is it entertaining? And yeah. I think because of the link, not just of the movie as a whole, but even the individual shorts, which are like 25 to 30 minutes a piece. I do think it wears thin by the end yes. of almost all of these segments. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. The Diary of Anne Frankenstein, which as a Jewish person, I, I just that. I can just t- tell that title to my wife and she starts laughing at it <laughs> like without anything else. Speaking of offensive, what did you think of this one? <laughs> I loved it. I like it too. I, I, I actually do like this one. Um, See, I feel right. like this one is almost the most successful for me because the joke creeps up on you because of mm-hmm. the way they film it. Right. So they mm-hmm. are actually speaking German at the beginning. Well, and then it's only, well, well sort of. Let me do the plots. Now we'll dive oh, in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. This is a black and white film about Hitler trying to create the perfect killing machine to win the war using a book by uh that he found in Anne Frank's attic uh written by her distant relative Victor Frankenstein and he goes on to build um his monster with obviously body parts etc cetera, etc cetera. um and it turns out to be an almost anti-semitic caricature but in the context I thought I think it's really funny right yeah. um his Frankenstein um which obviously you know goes poorly for him and actually the the guy in the suit is Kane Hodder Oh, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, um, again, this is directed by Adam Green, and this is the kind of thing where they gave him the title, and he worked from there. He said, "Here's your title, but you can do anything you want. You want to use that title." Okay. I, that's I interesting. 
Yeah, I really like um, Joel David Moore because uh, he he would have been buddy buddy with Adam Green because he was in his movie Spiral that came out like a couple years before this. Um, right. But yeah, I actually think that both Moore and Christina Klee, who plays his like slut, Over, uh, she's great. really really good. Like I thought, yeah. like, even yeah. when they weren't speaking, like Cleve has so many moments where she's just doing like some random thing off to the side, and I was like, all right, you, you get the tone of this. Let let's let's go. And by the time Hava Nagila plays at the end, you're just like, yes. <laughs> Also, Trace, did you just call Eva Braun a slut? <laughs> yeah, it's Hitler's slut. Yeah. Oh my god. You're married, at least. I just thought this is, there's just so many actual pretty good jokes. And the, mm-hmm. they do that. Th- one thing I love in movies is where they're speaking, they're supposed to be speaking a foreign language. I think everyone in the yes. Frank family is speaking real German. Yes. Which everyone else is just speaking gibberish. Oh, yeah. Like he and even like, says Viva la something, and I was like, "Sir, yeah. that's French." He says, <laughs> Boba Fett at one point. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. the yeah. part where the Hitler character is yelling "Kill, kill, kill," but he's saying something different every time. Every so, time, yeah. I just yeah. imagine how you go about that. So I'm thinking like in Borat, where you know he's supposed to be speaking. Uh, I can't remember what the name, the language is, but it's all just it's like Hebrew and Yiddish. Just, yeah. All, all, all so I'm just imagine where you write a script of what someone's supposed to be saying. And then you rewrite it as gibberish. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like an interesting challenge. Yeah. And it's, it, it was a joke that just kept paying off for me because it's yes. the same type of joke, but it's a different joke with every line of dialogue. So th- this kept me into it for most of its runtime. Well, and then we still have the physicality of the performances, right? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm a sucker. If you're going to go really stupid humor, like give me spoof level of humor. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. Hitler and Ava Braun are screaming and then they keep screaming because they're waiting for that one guy to die and they just get exhausted <laughs> to the point where that, ah, ah. it just, <laughs> and it goes on so long to the point that it stops being funny and then becomes funny again. And I loved it. Right. There's a lot of good psych gags. Like there's a part where one of the German soldiers jumps on the, they call him a sugar. the mm-hmm. Frankenstein monster. Calling him a Yeah. Which means crazy so in Yiddish. <laughs> but this guy like jumps on his back and he's like swinging him around and then they change to a different shot. It's so, it's a very, very obvious dummy. And you can yep. see like the helmet is falling off, but it's like tied by like a string. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when and they then, throw him onto the table, then it's a black stuntman, <laughs> and then it changes back to the original actor. Uh, yeah. I, I, a lot of these shorts do that, where it's like, oh, someone gets their head like bashed, but it's like we just see a dummy head, <laughs> like mm-hmm. whenever we do the cut. But <laughs> I, I, usually, again, I, that was all really good. But usually, like in a quote good movie, they do it very quickly, so they don't know this, right. or they like change the angle. But here, oh it's yeah, like, no, you're just like, <laughs> right? <laughs> I thought that was really really funny, or. Yeah. When like Hitler locks him in the uh, lab and he can't get out, he just walks around the set. And you see the set. <laughs> Adam, Gre- I, I'm telling, I'm I, I'm really into Adam Green's sense of humor. Like he can do like horror when it needs to be, but right. his um his horror comedies are just so delightful. Right. This this is almost like Mel Brooks, a little more heightened in a way. Yes, that's the vibe I was I getting think. as well. Like the yeah. fact that they use a menorah to occur to uh, the parcel jump the monster, but of course I'm watching like you're lighting it the wrong way, you dumbass, because it's supposed to be left to right. <laughs> well, this was know. very much in the when it, I mean, I'm not Jewish. I was born and raised Catholic, but like when it started, I was like, oh lord, like yeah, it could go. <laughs> what are we so doing bad. with this? And then like I, it, it, it just it, the offensiveness like worked constantly mm-hmm. for me. Like it just got better and funnier and funnier. Well, because well, it's all at the it's all pointed at the Germans, not none of the yes. Jews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is why and, it worked so well. And the like, he's like taking a menorah and shoving it through a guy's face. Come on, yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. You have to love that. <laughs> Doesn't he kill someone with a dreidel too? Yeah, he throws it into a dreidel yeah, okay. in the guy's mouth. Yes. There's a bottle of like gefilte fish uh, on the table, <laughs> like with the Shevitz label. <laughs> oh, maybe this I, one is my favorite one, actually. It's really yeah. good. And I love that he, he basically he doesn't know the, they're losing the war because he's been obsessed with his puppy puzzle. He is puppy puzzle. <laughs> and the end, he's just like, goddamn puppies. <laughs> and then Meshuggah finishes the puppy puzzle like immediately. Yeah. And also <laughs> figures out how to take over Poland at the same time. Oh, yes. Well, right. but that's the thing. So like, honestly, when we fir- when, he, when he's first doing the like, what, what World War II, aren't we in World War I? Like, that didn't really work for me at first. But then mm-hmm. when we introduced the puzzle, I was like, oh, okay, there, there is your joke. There's your punchline. That makes sense. Yeah. 
Um, but you know, I mean, everyone's going to have their triggers or whatever you're used to, you know, I'm used to schlock. <laughs> so this, I was not offended by this whatsoever. Um, no. is, but, Adam Green, is, that, is Adam Green Jewish? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and, and we have plenty of very good, serious, uh, depictions, especially of the Frank family. There's a great movie this year that I'm just telling everyone about called a small light about <laughs> that. Um, that I recommend to everybody. Um, but sometimes you have to go this way, <laughs> you know, it's, right. it's part of art is to, you know, go in bad taste to go in the place you're not supposed to. Right. I, you, That's what you, art you, is there for. Uh, when, well, somebody brought it Mel Brooks, but the scene where he's, uh, what's behind your back and he's showing like nothing it's just my hand that's that's right. just 100% a mel brooks gag show me the yeah. other hand what this hand yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right and then we start off with another segment which thankfully mm-hmm. is cut off very quickly See, um, called- this this would have worked if we had have done a bit more of this in some of the other shorts as well, right? Where it mm-hmm. feels like we're starting a film, but then it either yeah. needs to cut out or it is more of a trailer, as you said, Jason, because I didn't mind this. But as soon as we stopped it, I was like, good call. That was <laughs> yeah. my move. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I remember I saw this whole film when it came out you know, back then, but I didn't remember all the beats. So when this came up, I'm like, oh, no. And then it stopped. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. This is why I don't remember this part. Right. Whenever, um, a movie, whenever a movie is longer than 90 minutes, I always think, damn it, what could they have cut from this thing so I can get it done in 90 minutes? This right. is what I probably would have cut. Uh, I think this was anything. extra. I mean, not extra, but um, I, I, I think this might have been cut from some versions of the film, or maybe maybe they wanted to cut it, because I saw also Joe Lynch saying, like, I'm so glad we got to keep this in there. <laughs> right. So, th- what we're talking about is a short area called, a short segment called Defecation, which is basically a bunch of shit jokes. And I think, is yeah. this supposed to be like a John Waters, like, I mean, kind of send up? I guess. I mean... You can call it anything. <laughs> But I think sure. it's I think it's also a play on the way we used to market old horror films, right? Like the William Castle, you know, as soon yeah. as you start seeing this, it's the tingler, you're gonna feel it. In this case, it's oh, it's gonna make you shit your pants. I there was one bit I liked where's the priest they said, I think he said like the power of shit compels you. <laughs> I don't know why that was so he, bring, he brings out like a shit uh crucifix. I don't know why, okay. but I thought that's really funny. Okay, I'll just, so yeah, so uh, this is Joe Lynch's like review of his own film on Letterboxd, but he says, the zombie movie cut re-edited with just the interstitials, defecation, and the finale. So there must just be a version of it that's like just his cut, like his mm-hmm. movie. <laughs> hmm, nice. Okay. But anyways, that part gets cut off rather quickly after only like a minute or like two, maybe three minutes at the most, including the little preamble. Uh, yeah. Because a full-on zombie outbreak has occurred at the mm-hmm. movie theater or at the drive-in. Um, and not just zombies, but I guess they're rape zombies, which, yeah, is a yeah. little icky. Yeah. I, you know, I, I wasn't even bothered by that. I just thought a lot of this got old really quickly. Yes. I think this might be my yes. favorite, which sucks. I really, really, really like Joe Lynch's, like, work. Like, I, I, I like mm-hmm. a lot of it. Like, Wrong Turn 2, I think, is one of the best sequels, like, ever made. Like, hands down. Um hmm. But I just got bored with this very quickly. Well, it's because there, there's nowhere new to take it, right? As soon as the zombie outbreak happens, we see, okay, they all seem to be reacting in a highly sexual way. It's kind of Cronenbergian, like early yeah. Cronenberg mm-hmm. shivers and rabbit and so on. And the gore itself is good. And mm-hmm. I like the idea of like mm-hmm. the blue kind of liquid that's infecting people that carried over from the opening sequence. But yeah then it just becomes a sort of not great zombie film. And we don't know any of these characters. Like we needed to focus in on just a couple. I think there's an attempt at subversion with the couple that we want to get together where he's always waiting Mm. to ask the counter girl. And then we just kill them, but it doesn't work because we also don't know them well enough to even care that much. Well, that's the thing though. Like why you you said we don't, we've technically been seeing all these people for the past 90 minutes between films, Mm -hmm. but whenever we got, whenever they were actually like the story in this fourth segment, I was like, who are Ooh. these people again? But <laughs> I recognize AJ Bowen because it's AJ Bowen. Sure. But that's it. <laughs> hey, I was getting mixed up on who is this person? Who is this person? Who's yeah. that person? Because again, you see them for just those little cuts in between films and they have what, maybe 10 minutes of 
10 minutes of screen time before the ending. And then it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I, I just didn't kind of care about the characters in this. Yeah. Like I'm going to IMDB trying to figure out who is who. I'm like, I give up. This is the wraparound, but then the wraparound becomes the fourth segment of the movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I honestly don't like it when anthologies do that. Like keep the wraparound as the wraparound. Um, I'm thinking of like scare package when like the wraparound became mm. the last segment and it was like a 40 minute last segment with Joe oh Bob Riggs. And I was like, no, 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 no. Don't do this. Too much. Don't do this. And so I don't know. I mean, but I feel like with anthologies, the wraparound is always the hardest one to do. Um, so some people think the fix for that is to just make it one of the segments or make mm-hmm. it your last segment. And I'm, it, maybe that can work, but here it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Like I said, if they would have made the each segment a little bit shorter, gave us a little more development into those characters, mm-hmm. they really, you can tell they want us to care, but they just sure. haven't put enough legwork into it. Yep. There's a lot of energy in, in, in this entire film. There's a lot of mm-hmm. energy, yes. like which I, yes. I respect. It's just yeah. the execution isn't always there. Well, and we have like mm-hmm. that husband and wife who have a baby in the back. We're, That's AJ what, Bowen. Okay. Like that had no really served no purpose overall. Mm-hmm. Like you could have cut that out. But um, also there's like a brother thing going on that do yeah, not doesn't really come do not show me a child in a horror film and <laughs> insinuate that we're going to kill them and then do all the other things we see in this film i needed to see a a prop baby just like get absolutely torpedoed out of the back window of this car or something like (laughs) why are we not killing that child or Uh, or zombie baby like i love the thought I love the thought of that's when we cross the lines. When we kill the baby, that's when we cross the line. Right. <laughs> well, that's like a, that's one of the major yeah taboo. Oh my god! But, and like, that, like, that, but like with the production any... vibe of this movie, like again, like just give me a baby doll and just fucking throw it across the wall and have it explode. Like exactly. That's Dario fine. Argento, like, this bitch. Like yeah, Dracula, yes, Dracula it up. Like <laughs> there's not really any taboos left in this movie. <laughs> why? Why mm-hmm. stop there? And, and I appreciate the audacity of all of this. Like again, we are. This is an exercise in poor taste, and th- mm-hmm. that's the John Waters aspect for me. Honestly, it's just, like, we're just trying yeah. to make this as like the difference is that in 2011, did we need a movie like this versus in the 70s when we did need the movies of John Waters? It's right. whatever. Um, and again, I think this movie works in that in fits and starts. Sure. Did you notice the name of the drive-in is the Kaufman uh, drive-in? After like Lloyd Kaufman, like Lloyd Kaufman, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's um full moon. Wait, no, trauma, no, trauma. Sorry, trauma, full yeah. moon oh. is um Charles Band. Band, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. So yeah, Joe Lynch. You know, I I think he I think he's just kind of given this, and you know, he did, on a technical level, it's good, but I just don't think there's enough plot to really make yeah. it work. Um, though I will put a plug in for suitable flesh. Uh, fantastic. Ooh, yes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah! Um, this movie, which comes out, I think, comes out on Shutter in January. So I yeah. really, really liked that. And Heather yeah, Graham, yeah, like, yeah. please, mm-hmm. like, give her more work like this to do. Yeah. Yes, think, we've raved about this before because um, all three of us absolutely love that movie. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's really good. I think we found the horniest movie of the year. It's very horny. Um, I mean, it's up there with mm, Saltburn. I think is a really horny movie. Uh, Four Things is a really horny movie. But yes, Infinity Pool. <laughs> oh, Infinity Pool. Infinity yeah, Pool. Yeah. But uh, oh. but it's so funny because I like, I like Barbara Crampton, but I think mm-hmm. yeah. that she is in very bad movies all the time um, because it's a lot of these directors that like watched her in the eighties and they masturbated to her a lot, and so they, they're filmmakers now and they're putting her God, in their movies. Stop and saying not, that. <laughs> but, that's, but that's literally what it is. Um, but <laughs> suitable flesh is the one where I'm like, oh, good. Like we got one. <laughs> it's a good no, movie yeah. that she's into. <laughs> well, she wasn't the other one. Was it Jacob's wife? Uh, yeah, yeah, that movie's fine. And she's fine, the best part of role. it. Yeah, she's it's, a good role for her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's she's not a good movie. Movies. She's good in it. It's not no. a good movie. Yeah, it's, she's actually. I met her uh, recently, mm-hmm. a couple months ago. She's super nice. Super, oh, no, super like, nice. She's delightful. Yeah, and on social media, she's always like pushing mm-hmm. horror projects that aren't even her. She she's got mm-hmm. a love for the genre and a love for the fans. So it's she's really yeah. cool on social media. Exactly, yeah. it was for someone else's premiere that she came to to help promote. Like that. That's I, what I like. She is talented. She is a she is yeah. a good actress, and I would like yeah. to see someone else put her in a movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get you. Give her some meat and potatoes to work with, and not just yeah, exactly. Being, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. And then at the end of this segment, turns out that we're what's another inception level um, where there turns out there's a whole theater watching the Chillerama movie that we've been watching. 
Mm-hmm. Um, after some of the characters get trapped in the car, it's their last stand. Yeah, there's a bunch of crap no one cares about. Wait, but then I, I, um, go ahead. I meant I forgot to call shenanigans on one thing. Yeah. Is uh, when he gives them a gun and says you know how to use this, and they only mm-hmm. have like, oh god, we only have eight bullets. Oh yeah, and they leave, and then he opens up the wall, and he has an arsenal. jerk! You could have given them all that ammo, but no, <laughs> you had to play the hero. Right. Um, I forgot yeah, so about that very much upset me. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So we're in the theater, and it's all the directors are sitting in the row with next to Kane Hodder. If you look in the mm-hmm. background, um, oh. commenting on the movie we're watching, I think Joe Lynch said, "Oh, that was fucking boring." Um, and then was kind of files out of the new Beverly Cinema, uh, which is a yeah. big uh, theater in LA. It's owned by Tarantino. Um, it was cool because I got to see uh, Sleepaway Camp there, sitting in like in front of Felissa Rose, who talked the entire movie. Oh, of course, no. she did, and I wasn't mad. <laughs> I was no. not mad about it. So that well, was she's cool probably here. seen that movie a thousand times. Yeah. Right. It, it, I don't know if you heard about the debacle that happened at the Joe Bob driving down here in Vegas. Mm. Where oh. uh, I, I left right before this happened, but, but they were doing a live riff uh, during Sleepaway Camp 1 and 2. And it was Chris Jericho and Darcy. And well, apparently, Chris Jericho just started getting pissed and started just telling people off. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> well, but like, because I guess people started booing because they wanted to hear the movie, and it was just a bad choice to do a a, a riff over on a movie people want right. people want to watch. But it turned into um like a lot of people on Reddit complaining about it. Well, that's yeah. people on Reddit too. <laughs> but you know what? They want everyone to have a good. People were saying it ruined their enjoyment. I, I most sane people weren't like, oh yeah, I had two point eight fun days and point two bad days, so I hated the <laughs> fest. But uh, I think for some people, it probably ruined their enjoyment of those movies. That's what right. I came for. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I right. It happens. I had a good time. Yeah. Best time. So. <laughs> That's all that all matters. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go around. And give any final thoughts in our favorite segments. Mondale, why don't you start us off? Yeah, um, I will agree with the consensus that this was twenty-five minutes too long, and that's kind of what 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 hurt the most for me. Um. If you'd have asked me at the beginning of the episode, my uh, favorite segment, it would have been the first one. But then the more we talked about it, I have to go with Diary of Anne Frankenstein. Because I, yes. if I look at if there's anything on this, I'm going to watch again. Like, I might make my wife watch that with me because she'll get a kick out of it because she's trying to learn German. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. <laughs> that might be a detriment. She might learn German. No, 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 first of all, my wife's smart. I, I'm not. But uh, she will immediately pick up that it's not German the minute she hears it. The Star Wars, oh. she's a Star Wars nerd too, and uh, I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you, like, I, I, nothing wrong with that. I love Star Wars, but uh, um, yeah, but yeah, the, the Star Wars reference will get her yeah. the minute she hears that. And w- w- my company's based out of Germany, and when we went to Germany, she's ordering food in German and drinks in German, and the, and I can't speak a look of it. And <laughs> well, now's your chance to learn. Yeah, watch Diary of Frankenstein a hundred times on repeat. Yeah, you'll be good it to reminds go. Me of the episode of King of the Hill where Peggy accidentally kidnaps a child from Mexico, <laughs> and they go they go back to Mexico, and she stands trial. And because she thinks she can speak Spanish, but she really can't, it's her speaking Spanish. And the subtitles are like she says that she likes bulls, and it's ridiculous. <laughs> <sighs> I'll yeah, it's good stuff. All right. My favorite uh, show of all time is King of the Hill. Unapologetically, I love that show. You and my husband would get along. I did not grow up watching King of the Hill, but I've seen a handful of episodes because he has like the whole series on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. Um, but hey, there's a reboot coming out soon, so you got that coming. Yeah, yeah I, there's a yeah. I, I've always figured Hank Hill, and I hate to hate to say this about him. He's probably that guy that's like, yeah, I voted for Trump, but he's a jackass. <laughs> oh, Anna. absolutely. He'd be he'd be the guy that voted for him, and then afterwards is like, "Fuck this guy! Why did I vote for this guy?" Um, I regret my choice, he, and then he votes for him a second time. <laughs> you know, I was I, I, I oh, was man. never really on Mike Hank, Judge's Hank like. Now. <laughs> I never really liked a lot of Mike Judge's cartoon work. I never cared about Beavis and Butthead, and I, King oh. of the Hill never worked for me. But I really like the reboot, uh, like the new seasons of Beavis and Butthead. Um, me too. I think they're re- really funny. Uh, but I will say the more the more my husband forces me to watch of King of the Hill, the more I'm kind of like, yeah. But Peggy's the best character for me, so 
Oh. My, my, my wife hates Peggy because like Peggy's so full of herself. I'm like, yeah, that's why she's funny. She's yeah, that's the funny part. And Kathy and Jamie's so good in that role. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I forgot the guy's name, but the voice of Dale Gribble just passed away not too long ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's I'm curious how they're because uh, do, do you know they're going to have Luann in the new in the new seasons without <laughs> Brittany? Are they going to re, are they going to recast well, Brittany Murphy? Luann and, oh, Brittany Murphy? and now Dale Gribble. All those actors are dead. Yeah, Luann was Brittany Murphy. That, I think that's, no, I, that's where she got her start, I think, was King yeah, of the Hill. I totally forgot about that. Well, yeah. her, and her husband, Lucky, was Tom Petty. Uh, okay. yeah, I'm that makes pretty sense. sure. Where no, is that? Is that in Houston? Is that set in Houston? Uh, Arlington, which is a fake town. Uh, no, Ar- Ar- Arling- Ar- no, Ar- Arlen- so, no, Arlington. Oh, okay. real. I was like, Arlington's oh, definitely Arlen- a real city. Arlen- 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 Texas. Arlen- I don't know much about Texas, but I know that. <laughs> I... It's been a, a rough day. I may have had an edible before we started, okay. but I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> I grew up in Houston, so I should like relate to that show more, but I just don't. <laughs> All right, Joe, what uh, final thoughts and your favorite segment? Okay, I'm I'm getting us back on track, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with with Mando. Um, you know, I went into this really liking Wadzilla, and then ended up appreciating the Diary of Anne Frankenstein. But like Trey said earlier, I think this movie is just operating at like kind of a peak the whole time. Its energy is infectious until it becomes yeah. exhausting. So yeah, cut yeah. out 25 minutes, and I love the enthusiasm. If you go in looking for classy jokes or high art, you're going to be sorely disappointed. But, you know, <laughs> honestly, if this had just been a little bit shorter, this would have been a, a pretty solid time because I was chuckling. I was laughing a lot. So this this was a good yeah. way to kill some time. Yeah, I, again, in agreement with all of y'all, it's just um, I don't know. Do we cut out one short or do we make each short about 10 minutes shorter? Yes, the latter. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Chase, why don't you give us your thoughts and favorite segment? No, I mean, I, uh, again, I walked in thinking that first one was my favorite segment, much like Mondo did. And, uh, I, I, yeah, the more we talked about it, the more I was like, yeah, that diary of Frankenstein, it's just the right balance of offensive and just genuinely funny, I think. But mm-hmm. I, I will give kudos to that first segment because I do think that it nailed the homages, like uh, mm-hmm. it, it, the, 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 the era it was trying to capture the most, not just in terms of like, the narrative but like the special effects looked like they were from the 50s which i thought was really yeah really cool. yeah um mm-hmm. but yeah that being said though the funnier one is diary of frankenstein uh i i like werebear fine um it's just i i think that one suffers the most from its length um yeah. and well no the last one does actually but I, honestly if you're gonna cut one of these cut that last one but it's the wraparound, so that's what you do. <laughs> you have three segments, and then the wraparound. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and to be fair, that wraparound could have been three minutes, and it would have been fine. Sure. Yeah. It, yeah. You like know, you, you, you could have just had the movie end and be like, "Oh," and suddenly we realize there's zombies around all of these cars, and that's it. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I think that the problem. The problem, I think, with uh, having different directors and anthologies that each one of them is in love with their segment, so forcing sure. them to cut, kill their babies as they saw them, kill their darlings, yeah, is really, really tough to ask them because they work so hard on their little bit. <sighs> I, I, I get that, but that's why you get a good editor that well, knows yeah. where to, where they can cut out. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, again, this is supposed to be like a. a, a, a throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks kind of movie. So and, and it's a grassroots effort. I mean like again like yeah. it just sounds like yeah. they were like, Y'all wanna do a movie? Sure. Right. Let's do it with like the dollar that we have. Yeah. Right. Um I mean, yes, my my favorite from the jump is even from the title is a diary of Anne Frankenstein's <laughs> Yeah. I almost I need a t shirt that actually they have the model in their <laughs> shop still. Like they did their annual Gorgon oh, they do a charity stream um over a whole weekend. And in their shop, they had the model back there. And so my goal is to someday go in there and take a picture with it. Because it just well, for Halloween, next happy. Halloween, Jason, you need to go as Meshuggah. Yeah, I might have to. <laughs> <laughs> the, my wife might get very mad at me, but. <laughs> <laughs> just give her like a the head pop. Just have her eyes bulge out like that oh, dummy head. <laughs> right. Uh, no. That's what she'll look like if I dress like that. <laughs> you, just, you just look like a very disappointed wife on Halloween. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's an interesting time capsule of, you know, a little bit of that kind of schlocky era. I feel like in the coming out of the, t- the 2000s and the 2010s, um, mm-hmm. 
we're still kind of figuring out where horror is going to go. Um, I feel like horror has matured quite a bit since then. Like if this movie came out now, people would lose their shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm in agreement with like, you know, I mean, Joe, like with the sexual assault stuff, I I get it. I agree. But it's also just kind of like a, yeah, but let it do what it wants. Like this (laughs) is not a movie for you. If you're going to get offended by that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you are easily offended, but again, I, I think that there's an argument. It's like, well, what's the point of this? And the point is to to offend. Like that that is the point yeah, to make you laugh. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It's uh, never mean spirited. In, no, in no, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think oh, I just feel like today a lot of things get twisted in the ways they're not meant to be. Yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just media literacy. Like people don't understand. Like they don't they don't watch media the same way that. They should (laughs) (laughs) the same way they should the way they should. Right. Right. Um, But yeah, if you're down for this kind of schlock, I I don't think it's a bad time as long as you know what you're getting into and, you know, maybe break it up a little bit. I watched it over two nights and I think that went down a lot. Oh yeah. That's how to do it. That's how, but honestly, so if you, uh, but that's the thing, like you start with the strong one and end with the weaker one, both nights. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, no, I, I think I stopped after Were Bears, so I went straight into Diary of Anne Frankenstein and then the rest. That's the thing. You start with the really good one, and then you have the, the lesser one after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Alrighty, then. Mondo, give us your song of the day. I'm going to be really quick tonight, but uh, a band I've talked about before on this podcast, uh, Panopticon, from the, uh, the Midwest, uh, they released a new record called The Rhyme of Memory. And it's probably my album of the year. I've said this several times, but now that we're towards the end of the year, this is probably one or two uh, for my album of the year. Um, Panopticon, for anybody who hasn't heard before, a black metal band, but they with a lot of folk influence and very um, nature influence, I should say. And uh, just some great stuff. I know, Jason, you checked them out a little bit and kind of like what you heard. So Mm -hmm. uh, I would definitely recommend this to most people. And the new record just came out, The Rhyme of Memory. And all the songs are like 20 minutes long, though. It's one thing you got to. <laughs> oh, my it's gosh. <laughs> you had it's, me. It's, it's you had six me. Songs. And y'all are bitching about eight minute like belts and musicals. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, don't tell don't, us how to meddle. That's musicals. just noise. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good night, guys. And I will. I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, you know, for a guy that doesn't doesn't like musicals, I love Bob's Burgers, and it's basically a musical. But uh, it's a whole. I, we're gonna have to work on this. I hate musicals thing of all of you. Like, right. This is no, no. This I don't hate. I, I, I shouldn't hate. I don't um, enjoy them as much as some people do. I don't the hate difference them. I've seen is them you, I really like. you haven't found the right musical. That's the thing. Because one no, day I'll say, you'll I find to, a musical. I will, I I will, not, ar- the... I will not argue that because that's probably true. <laughs> I went to the uh, unauthorized Exorcist musical and had the time of my life. Yeah, there's oh, so it, many different like th- there are as many genres of musical as there are of film. Like you can have oh, like schlocky camp like this yeah. is just trying to mm. offend, or you can have like deep serious Oscar Beatty or Tony Beatty shit. <laughs> well, so let me rephrase that. Then I don't, I just don't like musicals on screen like in movies. But I do actually have gone to musicals and had a great time. <laughs> then, I'll work on it. <laughs> That makes me so angry. I want to punch you. All right. If you guys want to have us, if you guys want to make us watch a musical and come on your show, we'll do it. Oh, God. I, oh. I, I, I'll have to think about like a musical that would work for a, 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 a self proclaimed musical hater. Repo. Well, the, no, I, I, no, I'm not going to lie. I've watched Repo. I, I it doesn't repo. work for a lot of people. Repo's. Yeah. Look, I like Repo. Repo's. It's I don't fine. think Repo's a very good musical. I like Repo, but it's not a good musical. Like, I don't okay. think it is. What, uh, or Little Shop of Horrors? Yeah. Better. Um, recently, Anne in the Apocalypse. Was that it? Mm-hmm. Where, where I think we that's a musical just based that. around. Yeah. It, it, it is definitely a musical. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of like, like even non-horror. I, I mean, like, I, I, have you ever seen Avenue Q? Like, Avenue Q is basically oh. R-rated Sesame Street. Puppets 69 yeah. fuck in that. It's a, it's, it won the Tony for Best Musical and beat Wicked in 2004. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. This, I had a, I had a roommate. Pu- this puppet fucking musical. <laughs> it's very amazing. I, I had a roommate yeah. who was very into musicals and he was very into that at the time. <laughs> so he played the songs for me a lot. Yeah. Speaking of offensive, oh. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, Mono, was anything else for your song? Oh, no. That's all I got. Oh, yeah. It, it, the songs are 20 minutes long. I never actually named the song. <laughs> Just fucking pick something off there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'll go with... Uh, my favorite track is Winter's Ghost. It's 20 minutes long. Uh, my second... Uh, but the uh, an Autumn Storm is the leanest track at 9 minutes and 24 seconds. So. Brevity. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's just, uh, they're a great band. More, more people should listen to them. I want the guy to make a living off his music. You know what? Because I, I, I don't care for metal music at all, so I will I will swap. We'll do like a playlist swap. <laughs> I, I would never. I would. Ra- I would never do that to you. I'd rather yeah. have your recommendations for musicals because I actually enjoy doing that. It's no, uh, no. I, 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 I would listen to metal. The problem is with musicals. Like it's hard to send someone like a playlist of musical songs because like hearing them out of context isn't gonna oh, yeah. be the best way to win yeah. you over. Mm-hmm. No, I, I get that, but if I, I send you a playlist, you may never talk to me again after <laughs> Ooh, challenge accepted <laughs> uh, now, if we do that musical episode of chucky with jennifer tilly uh leading yep. then mondo be all into it there we Without go question. yeah absolutely why is it not a thing already like <laughs> actually you know I, I i can guarantee you chucky will eventually do a musical episode oh, yeah. like they absolutely mm. will <laughs> Well, I, just I mean, think for a second they've done that in my head. Yeah. I'm a wrestling nerd, but if you remember, Chucky was a he feuded with Rick Steiner in WCW wrestling back in the 90s. Bah! <laughs> <It's> insane. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Um, all right. Before we go, um, I just wanted to ask if anyone has any favorite drive-in movie theater uh, experiences, if you've even been to a drive-in movie theater, because that's something kind of died out a little bit. I think in our eras, um, um, I did go to one um, when I was a kid to see Jurassic Park. My ooh. best, and that was terrifying uh, when I was a kid. Um, that was about the only time I remember until during COVID uh, when Scream came out, Scream Five, mm-hmm. um, and I went to see it. But I wasn't comfortable going to a theater, so I went to a drive-in movie theater to see it, which was cool. But as the movie-going experience, it wasn't great because you're at an angle. In for a movie like Scream, you're trying to like look for clues and everything. Yeah, it, it just it that's wasn't how I feel bad. about drive-ins, and I mean, I, I love a drive-in experience, but I, I would almost always rather go see a movie I've already seen at a yes, drive-in exactly. than a new than a new watch. Yeah, yeah. Like so at I one point, I was going to go see a screening of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, like from the early '90s mm-hmm. during COVID like, drive-in, oh, yeah. but but it got canceled. So. Oh. <laughs> I thought you said you got cancer. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) I'm pretty sure sure someone like in the staff got COVID and that's why they canceled it. But (laughs) not not get cancer. Thank God. Um, Mondo, have you been? Uh, The only time I've been in the drive-in in the past 30 years is when I went to Joe Bob's uh, drive-in down here. Uh, They did at the, uh, the I forgot it's called, the Vegas Winds drive-in. And I'm going to call this venue out right now because... (laughs) They did the Joe Bob drive-in, but they don't show any underground movies. They don't do any kind of cool, like, monster movies on Mondays or anything like that. They just kind of cashed in on Joe Bob and said, screw you guys. Um, So I'm calling that drive-in out. But I did have a great time, though. And uh, I did enjoy... There's something a little bit infectious of knowing you're watching the same movies, all these people in all these cars. It was also a festival and people up front in lawn chairs. Um, so that was a really cool aspect of it. My only complaint was trying to tune my radio into that FM station and yeah. then being somehow terrified that my car battery is going to die. So I, yeah. my, my anxiety couldn't handle that. So I had to just listen to the speakers <laughs> outside. <laughs> oh my God. I, yeah, I will say... When I saw, hey, I, I've driven to a drive-in before in my adult life, and I have bad anxiety. I'm like, I cannot handle the fact that I might not be able to get home. <laughs> that tracks. That tracks. Yeah, <laughs> I will say when I saw when I saw Scream, I I went to go before the movie to get some concessions. I could definitely smell which cars were smoking weed. It was very very <laughs> obvious. <laughs> well, that also tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe, do they have many of them in Canada? Is that a thing there? Is it too cold? Uh, so like, do like cloudy, like the what not weather. Is it too cold? Apparently, nowhere in America gets cold. Apparently, no, well, I'm saying yeah, there's more of them in Southern California than would be in Minnesota. Yeah, sure. you're, you're more right than you know. So they are open seasonally if they exist. Most of them have closed. There's like one just outside of Toronto. I don't drive, so I was actually going to try and go and see Scream during the pandemic because they were doing it at the drive-in, and the nearest one 
was like four hours away. Like it was really disappointing. It was there was a nearer drive-in, but it was not open because it was the middle of winter. Uh, see? Okay, valid yeah. question. <laughs> Maybe one day in Southern California, where it's always seventy-five degrees and beautiful. Yeah, it's actually raining tonight for the first time in like weeks. But oh, rain! <laughs> you poor baby. I know. No, I'm <laughs> like, they don't know how to handle shorts. it. You have to remember. <laughs> and everyone's like, everyone freaks out when it rains here. I don't yeah, know. same here. I'm from Oregon, it, bro. It's different when it rains here in Vegas. Everyone just decides I just need to go drive for some reason and drive yeah. poorly, and we have three thousand accidents. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Desert accidents, desert rain accidents. Well, yeah. also the there's the water just stays on top of the road because in, oil. that oil no never drainage. gets washed off. It makes the road super slick. Uh, but um, uh, but also people, we have the worst drivers in the world in Las Vegas. So I'm just gonna <laughs> say that. I don't know, man. Texas I, has some has some dude, competition for it. <laughs> I, I I travel I travel for a living for work, so I'm I've been to like every state, and I will still stand by. Um, because the problem here is we don't respect red lights. I mean, if you ever come to Vegas, and the first thing I hear from people is, "How come everyone waits like five seconds before going on a green light?" It's like, oh, because everybody just runs red lights here. That's... You can't trust anybody until they're fully stopped. Texas is full of bad drivers, but when I moved to Colorado, I was like, wow, people here aren't really necessarily bad drivers. I mean, they are bad drivers, but I think they're high all the time, which sounds like a cliche, <laughs> but I really do think people are high all the time because they're driving so fucking slow everywhere <laughs> it's very possible uh, i was just in philly and everybody there drives aggressively like cautious i don't know what party to put that like they'll fuck it they'll flip you off and yell at you because they want you because you have your blinker on and they want you to get in front of them it's really weird <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's like this terrible politeness that people from philly have to have all right <laughs> then joe i had one question for you you mentioned that you do curling and my question is oh cool is that like a pastime, like in America with bowling? Like, what what's the culture around that? Ah, okay. This is interesting because I didn't grow up with it, but a lot of the people I play with did. So it's one of those. If you grew up in a small town, you are much more inclined to do it because there isn't much else to do. Um, but yeah, it's obviously a winter only recreational activity. Some people can do it professionally, but you have to get really, really good. And a lot of people confuse it for, oh, it's just shuffleboard on ice. And it's not the reason it's called curling is because the rocks will curl. So you have to learn to throw out and then they will come in. I had no idea. That's why it was called that. But like, do they um, do they have like curling rinks where like people are like drinking beers and eating snacks while other people are curling, or is it like like in America where like I said like bowling is kind of how I was picturing it a little bit, or it's kind of like a communal hangout kind of thing, or is it more? The people who curl tend to hang around, and it is a very social activity. So it's like where I do the majority of my drinking during the week. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they're not like in common places where you could just you know like oh pop into the curling club. It's like they're also kind of dying out. Actually, you know what? Mm-hmm. They might be like a bowling alley because I don't know how prolific bowling alleys are anymore. But um, yeah, they're often like membership things. So it's a, oh, really? a league where you have to pay to sign up. It's not like you can just walk in and say, hey, I want to learn how to do this. Mm. Very interesting. I think years well, you can find good videos on YouTube about like the all the little intricacies of curling because it kind mm-hmm. of I, I forgot years ago. I, I think the American curling team did really good in the Olympics. So I kind of got into it for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> so I started watching YouTube videos on how it works. And I'm like, oh, there's a lot of strategy and a lot of it's skill a lot of strategy. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was, I think, a TikTok about, like, you know, people who get really intense in the curling, mm-hmm. um, yelling and everything. It was, it was like, wow. Um, okay, well, that wraps up another episode. Joe and Trace, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people follow the Horror Queers? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can follow us at Horror Queers pretty much anywhere. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook. <laughs> we are on Bloody <laughs> FM, uh, Bloody Disgusting's podcast network, so you can find us on Bloody Disgusting. Uh, did I miss anything, Joe? This is my first time doing this. Well, no. Uh, no. Well, shout out to your Facebook group. I'm on there, and uh, they have a lot of good discussions. It's a fun group. I, I, I think I'll speak for both of us. I think we're both very proud of that Facebook group. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't like Facebook groups, but I'm, I like ours because I feel yeah. like we have a really good group of 
a thousand people in there with a really good rapport who are polite to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's we, cool. we don't suffer people to to be mean spirited or to just kind of do the regular shenanigans that sometimes pop up in the group. So yeah, we're pretty happy with the way that people conduct themselves. And often, you know, people have some interesting prompts. So they'll say, hey, what did you think of this movie? And, you know, people don't like it. They don't feel the need to say, oh, that movie fucking sucks. And I hate you. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> The fact that your group created a whole subgroup for to talk about the new Scream movies, so they oh, avoid spoilers. No. I was like, wow, these people really care. Well, and the funny thing is, though, when Scream Six was coming, I feel like we got so many bots coming into that. Group oh, so many. When yeah. Scream Six mm-hmm. came out, and yep. that was a mistake on my part because when I made the group, I didn't make it a private group; I made it a public group, and that was very stupid. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Again, thank you for coming on. Pleasure as always. Uh, next week, we'll be covering the very last episode of Tales from the Crypt, Third Pig. We appreciate everyone for listening. We would really appreciate it if you give us a rating review on iTunes, a rating on Spotify, and check out our YouTube channel for videos of these podcasts. And with that, we thank you for listening to Dads from the Crypt. Goodbye. <laughs> Follow Dads from the Crypt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or I will follow you to the grave. (laughs) No, seriously, you really should watch, but be careful what you ask for. You may get it.